Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about... Ernest Rutherford, uh, a reading from The Great Scientist, a coffee table book, which sort of goes through sort of trotting out the standard stuff uh, children are told at school. So um, that may be sort of scandalous, almost boy's own, almost to the extent of silly uh, aspects of science. Um, women, unfortunately, are portrayed as, as objects. Um, uh, I noticed in uh, the discussion of Babbage, uh, when Ada Lovelace came in to support his ideas, it's, it, she's the only person who's said, uh, referred to as someone appearing in the shape of. You know, it's pretty amazing that it gets through. Um, okay, now let's, Ernest Rutherford, uh, Kiwi, and uh, I've sort of read his papers, and so you, you sort of get another dimension reading the papers of it, um, in such a way that uh, it seems, seems very different. Okay, I'll just read, read it through for him. When Becquerel discovered radioactivity in 1896, it prompted a number of scientists to probe more deeply into the phenomena. Among those who took up the challenge was a young physicist named Ernest Rutherford, 1871 to 1937. So, it's, I like the way that they have um, um, identified him as his characteristic is his name. So there could be a lot of young physicists, but he's the one that's named Ernest Rutherford. It was Rutherford who did more than anyone else to reveal the true nature of radioactivity. He also made significant advances in understanding the architecture of the atom and laid the foundations for the new discipline of nuclear physics. Yeah, so radiation was coming from, uh, radioactive activity was coming from uh, instability in the nucleus. And uh, it was uh, the uh, beam of um, alpha particles which began to diffuse a little bit when there was some gas that he led a series of experiments with Geiger to do it. So he, he was still the head of the department, but not necessarily the thing. Okay, Rutherford was born in Springgrove in rural Nelson, New Zealand in 1871. He was the fourth of 12 children born to James and Martha Rutherford. At the age of 16, he won a scholarship to Nelson College. He excelled academically and at 19 won another scholarship to study at Canterbury College, Christchurch. He graduated in 1892 and got an MA the following year in mathematics and physics. Rutherford stayed for another year to do further research in physics. He wanted to study the magnetic properties of iron when he was exposed to high-frequency alternating currents. To help with him with his experiments, he built a special mechanism capable of measuring time intervals to a hundredth of a second. Uh, his two impressive papers on the work were sufficient for, to win him the 1851 Exhibition Scholarship, which provided the means for him to continue his education in England. So that's, uh, you've, you've got to really understand that uh, they had no modern electronics. So a hundredth of a second, the, a lot of the stuff that Einstein was doing, uh, he was, there were valve um, and contact mechanical stuff. Okay, in 1895, age 23, Rutherford left New Zealand for the University of Cambridge. He already had three university degrees and a growing reputation as a brilliant experimental researcher in electricity 
and magnetism. He decided to work with Professor J.J. Thompson at the University of Cavendish, University's Cavendish Laboratory. So J.J. Thompson is the discoverer of the electron. He actually split the atom, that is, broke the atom up, as you do in chemical reactions. Every time you make a cup of to uh, tea, toast, bake a cake, you split atoms, you rearrange the chemical, um, in which atom has electrons, the ionic state um, uh, go going through here. But he identified the electron as a subatomic particle. Um, uh, he invented a mechanism that could detect electromagnetic waves over a distance of a few meters, even though through a brick wall. Rutherford worked uh, on the sensitivity of the instrument until, in 1896, he managed to detect electromagnetic reads over the distance of several hundred meters, a world record at the time. So, this would be, um, of course, things that we have in electromagnetic wave detector is a mobile phone. Professor Thompson, realizing Rutherford possessed a rare talent for research, invited him in early 96 to take part in a new study. The previous December, German physicist Wilhelm Rotgen reported the discovery of X-rays, and Thompson Rutherford asked Rutherford to help him investigate the effect of passing a beam of X-rays through a gas. He discovered the X-rays produce a great quantities of ions, atoms, uh, that required either a positive or negative charge by losing one or more electrons. Well, losing or gaining electrons. And these ions then recombine to form neutral molecules. Working alone, Rutherford then worked out a method of measuring the speed at which the ions recombine. And that's still still done with um, the early helium experiments in the 60s. Investigating, uh, so he had the uh, time. This is where the papers are really useful. That same year in Paris, the French physicist Anton Henri Becquerel made a startling discovery. So they discovered x-rays and then he put a, a block of inner objects were producing stone x-rays. He'd left a packet of uranium salts on the, lower, uh, on, the, on the drawer on top of a photographic plate and later found the salts had followed the plate. Now he actually believed that the, um, the plates it was fluorescing, the energy was absorbed from the sun, and there was a, a process that he used to do to go across, and that would be interesting to read. Uh, in 1898, Marie Curie, a student that, um, a student of Becquerel's, discovered with her husband Pierre a kind of element also emitted radiation. She coined the term radioactivity to describe the phenomenon. So it's not, was radioactivity discovered? I think you could say it was discovered, or the word was coined for it. Rutherford decided to investigate. Well, what in actual fact happened is that they invited a whole lot of people. There was a bit of a social thing. That the, one of the great things about Marie Curie and the husband, there was a bit of a social thing. They garden party, and they produced the glowing vial in front of these physicists, and they said, I wonder what that is, and it's really interesting. So you've, you've got reporting in the um, literature, which is one aspect that everyone can see, but there's also this social aspect 
and the social party and the interaction there and the personalities. So if it was just a bloke showing it, it would be, I don't like that. Uh, there's a whole series of bloke-bloke things which stop information going through. It's quite, quite interesting to think about it. Um, Rutherford decided to he found that, like X-rays, radioactivity also produced ions when it passed through air. However, unlike X-rays, it consisted of two distinct types of rays. The first type, which Rutherford named alpha, produced very large quantities of ions but were easily absorbed by a surface. The second type, which was named beta rays, produced four ions but were much more penetrative and could pass through aluminum foil one fifteenth of a millimetre thick. Rutherford quickly surmised that the X-rays were actually the rays were actually composed of minute particles. In eighteen in eighteen ninety eight, Rutherford accepted the post of professor of physics at McGill University in Montreal, Canada. Here, Rutherford continued investigating radioactivity together with a young chemist named Frederick Stoddy. He studied the phenomena in three elements: thorium, radium, and actinium. So, um, um, so radium is the uh, um, in the uh, francium radium going down. Then you've got actinium, thorium, proactinium, which is is, is less, and which just goes there. They're, they're the first. They're arranging things. Um, Rutherford and Sully noticed that thorium disintegrated into a gas and turned disintegrated into unknown new element, which was extremely radioactive. The radioactivity eventually made the new element disappear. So the new element would have been a gas, which is radon. In not, so it's a radon gas. In 1902, Rutherford and Soddy concluded that radioactivity was a process in which atoms of one element spontaneously changed into atoms of a different element, which was also radioactive. Until this time, scientists had firmly believed that atoms were unchanging building blocks in nature. The idea of atoms group themselves apart and change into different kinds of atoms, into, in other words, that one element could change into another, smacked of medieval alchemy, and was firmly resisted by many chemists. Despite the controversial nature of his discoveries, Rutherford was elected to the Royal Society in 1903 as was the Romford Model in 19, Medal in 1904 for recognition of his achievements. In 1908, as further experimentation proved correctness, Rutherford and conclusion, Rutherford was awarded the Nobel Prize for Chemistry. Poor old Soddy. So he's now a Nobel Prize person, so he's now a valuable asset it's now recognised externally, so you can now move him, you can now pick him up and move him to a place. The year before, he had returned to England to take up uh, the position of Professor of Physics at Manchester University. He had continued his research into alpha rays, now known to be composed of particles. He and his assistant, Hans Geiger, conducted, uh, constructed a mechanism that allowed them to count the particles one by one as they emerged from a known quantity of radium. Now, again, this is something to really read into. Uh, I suppose the, there was a reason that Gaga visited Rutherford, an interaction there which meant that they continued to work. There was sort of, sort of like heaps, I think, um, 
Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Oh, it's the Stern Galact. Stern Galact one was turned out to be a Nazi. Another one went to to the US in World War Two. That that was an interesting story to go around. Very interesting. Um, Uh, by measuring the total charge collected, they were able to deduce alpha particles were positively charged. In 1908, Rutherford allowed alpha particles to pass through a thin glass wall of container uh, to the outer glass tube and found that they collected gaseous helium, thereby proving alpha particles were in fact ionised helium atoms or helium atoms stripped of their electrons. Now, helium was actually discovered many years before that. Now, of course, that's our source of helium is radioactivity of the earth permeating stream. Um, while he was at McGill, Rutherford had experimented with firing alpha particles at photographic plate. He noticed that the image produced was sharp. If you passed the alpha particles through a thin plates of mica, the resulting image of photographs was diffuse. The particles were clearly being deflected by small angles as they passed close to the atoms of mica. In 1911, Rutherford repeated his experiment, this time with a thin sheet of gold. There's a whole series of things which go, this is introducing gas into it. Um, he suggested to his assistant Hans Geiger and Ernst Marsden that it would be interesting to check whether any of the particles were scattered backwards. That is an incorrect, well, to do the full, full round scattering, he was looking at the actual distribution, see if he can map the distribution as uh, the shape, shape there the size of it. Um, that is, deflected through an angle of more than 90 degrees. To astonishment, they discovered a small portion of particles did indeed scatter through more than 90 degrees, emerging the same side of the coil as they emitted. Rutherford described this as quite most incredible event that ever happened to me in my life. It was almost as if you'd fired a 15-inch shell at a piece of tissue paper and it came back and hit you. Well, Oh, I don't know. You read into it, he had a far clearer idea of the size of the atom from the actual um, distribution either side, how, how much scattered, and he was modelling that quite well. But this other bit is stuff that the school teachers can understand. After doing some calculations, Rutherford concluded that only a powerful positive charge at the heart of the atom could have caused the positively charged particle to reflect so directly. Now, in fact, he was actually getting a very good scattering model for the Z, the Z squared distribution, uh, because uh, only one in eight thousand particles back, back he described the nucleus must be approximately eight thousand times smaller than the entire atom. And the rest of the atom must be empty space, allowing the particles to pass through. Well, he didn't actually say that, and. Uh, is a quote, and this is the thing that this gets into the books. There. The positive charge on the nucleus was clearly balanced by an equal negative charge of electrons to distribute around it. Rutherford's theory of the structure of the atom was not wholly new. In 1904, Japanese physicist uh, Hanatro um, Nagata had proposed a model of electrons rotating around a central nucleus. So there's the Thompson value, the plum pudding, and then there's the Rutherford central nucleus, and then there's the Bohr atom. I think it is the Thompson. 
I'm putting my, the palm pudding is it's a positive sphere with little tiny electrons dotted in it. Um, but the Goda model had been rejected because according to the classic laws of physics, the orbiting electrons uh, would almost immediately lose their energy and fall into the nucleus. So true with Rutherford, so true with Bohr. Okay. Let's see. Uh, now, however, Rutherford had provided experimental evidence that Goda might have been right after all. In 1913, the Danish physicist Neil Bohr showed that electrons, contrary to classic laws of physics, do not lose their energy during rotation due to the fact that they occupy certain well-defined orbits around the nucleus. Can I say that is the most bizarre twisting of a bullshit artist's bullshit to, to go in? He said, that's a problem. But it can't be a problem. Okay, it's sort of like, I don't know, you've, you've pooed in your pants, you smell of poo, something like that, and everyone says, look, you smell of poo, and you say, I do, but I haven't pooed in my pants, so there must be a new way of logic, a new part of logic which translates, doesn't break those two things up. So I can be right, despite of all conventional logic. It's, it's really like that. And people have said, that is such a brilliant way of tackling a complex problem to actually deny it. It's sort of like uh, what he makes, what his deficiency in logic here they make up in, in denial. A beautiful story. Um, thus confirming the views of Rutherford and Gerser, this theory of the structure of the atom is now known as the Rutherford Atomic Model. Uh, the Rutherford atomic model is just that the nucleus is very small, the, we don't know about the electrons, whereas the Bohr one has the rest. Protons and neutrons. Rutherford received a knighthood in 1914, uh, so he was a value, he had become into the value stream of science. So there are some effective scientists who miss out on being the value scheme because they don't have the interaction with people. Now the, the reason that people give a knighthood is two reasons. One, it confers importance on the actual person, but by likelihood it applies importance on the person giving the knighthood. Um, age 43, in recognition of his many achievements, but he was not a man to rest on his laurels. No, during the First World War he developed a system for detecting submarines by underwater acoustics. In 1919 he became the first person to disintegrate an atom artificially by causing it to collide with an alpha particle. By this means, he managed to change a nitrogen atom into an oxygen atom and an atom of hydrogen. The following year, Rutherford worked out that the collision had caused the positively charged particles to be ejected from the nucleus, thus changing the nature of the atom. He named these particles protons, so he is the discovering of the proton. He speculated on how positively charged protons could coexist in the nucleus without blowing themselves to the rest of the atom part. Just that protons must be balanced by some neutrally charged um, I think that that is complete bollocks. He suggested that the proton must be balanced by some neutrally charged particles which held called deutrons. In 1919 Rutherford succeeded 
J.J. Thompson as the head of the Cavendish Laboratory in Cambridge. Is it going back? This is the star quality. In this role, Rutherford had less time for experimental research, but continued to give lectures and support his students. During his later years, Rutherford was a recipient of many medals, awards, and honorary doctorates. He died in Cambridge in 37, aged 66. His ashes are buried in Westminster Abbey. So a New Zealander, a New Zealander part of the empire, we considered part of the empire. Um, like Canada was a dominion. And as Rutherford was the favourite, unfortunate in many ways, to be alive at the time when so many discoveries were being made in physical chemistry. But what distinguished him amongst his colleagues, and what the reason why he's remembered today as one of the greatest experimental physicists of all time, were his special qualities as a scientist. Oh, God, don't me vomit. Rutherford was an extremely stubborn and patient man, willing to work at problems far longer than most. He was also blessed with an open mind that was willing to entertain and speculate on possibilities that were more traditionally minded scientists might have rejected. As a student, James Chadwick said, as Chadwick, yeah, Chadwick said, Rutherford's ultimate distinction was his genius to be astonished. Oh. So, yeah, this is, well, how the fuck is that happening? What the fuck's going on here? What, you know, what's, what is psychosis? Which I've just recently done. Someone's, someone said, oh, you're psychotic. They're wrong, but, but what is it? What is all this doing? Is it, is it bad? Uh, I think so. I think that is probably a beautiful thing. Chadwick is a pretty amazing character. I might do something on him soon. another story comes to a close. It's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you. May you discover truly amazing things, understand them and tell others. Thanks for listening.